Amen. Well, bless you. We're so glad you're all here. Welcome to Church on the Hill. It's my beautiful wife, Elizabeth. I'm Pastor Paul, and we're so glad that you've chosen to come to Church on the Hill today. Um, I want to, I want you to go through a little bit of an exercise. This isn't, I don't really have anything in mind except to awaken your spirit. The Lord's wanting to speak to you today, and there's so many things going on in your ears and in your mind and in your life and in your circumstances uh, that sometimes we miss what God's trying to say. So I just ask you to open up your spirit to listen to what the Lord is saying, whether he speaks directly into your heart or he speaks through me to you, or maybe somebody next to you speaks into your life. Um, I just want to ask you uh, and encourage you, those that have ears to hear, let them hear. And we're here to hear from the Lord today. Amen? Got a couple of you. Okay. Um, Are we here to hear from God today? Yes. Okay. Open up our spirits, Lord. I ask you to speak to me as I speak, Lord. We just surrender to your Holy Spirit, and we just ask, Lord, that you would give us words of wisdom, words of encouragement, words of direction. Um, we just look to you for, as, our, as our provider, as our wisdom. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We have been in a series for a while about knowing your enemy And uh, I think it's so important, I don't know if you know this, but professional sports teams spend lots of time studying their opponent. They go through game film, they look at um, coaching structures, they look at players and their abilities, and it's, I, I don't believe there's many professional teams that hit the field that don't know who they're facing. They just decide to go in and play their own game. No, they know who they're facing and how to play them. Well, God's word shows us who our enemy is, shows us where our struggles are going to be. And it's so important that we know our enemy. We have been talking about the children of Israel being delivered from Egypt out of slavery. They walked through dry, they walked through the uh, parted waters through dry land just by miracle after miracle. And they get to the desert and they get stuck in the desert. And part of this message, a big part of this message, is to not remain stuck in the desert. It's time to go forward. And we see that when we're coming up on our promised land, when we're coming into that, what God has promised us, there are enemies camped there. Right? Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1. We're going to do this again. I've done this every week. Now listen, if you can, we need to know our enemy. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1 says, when the Lord brings you into the land, not if the Lord delivers you, when he does, he is going to deliver you. It is a promise that he has made to you. When he, the Lord, God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, who has? The Lord has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hibites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. So, are the enemies that we face, are they greater than us? Are they mightier than us? Okay, good. Glad we can agree. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, not if, when he delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. You shall conquer them. You. You shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. Me. 
I shall. When the Lord, he has delivered me, he has brought me into his promised land, and he has, um, it says that he has cast out many nations before you, and when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, I shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. I shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. We have gone back to the Hebrew to look at each and every one of these. The first one was the Hibite, the Hittite, a spirit of fear and dread and intimidation. The Gergesite, which means dense or thick, but it means a spirit that kind of, not kind of, that hinders our ability to comprehend. We are not able to learn. We're not able to grasp. And I want you to know we have the mind of Christ. I can learn. The Holy Spirit teaches me. Then we've got the Amorite, which means pride, a spirit of pride. Again, go back and research this yourself. Go back and look in the Hebrew of what these names mean. The Canaanite is a spirit of compromise. We went over that two weeks ago. Last week, we looked at the Parasite, which is a spirit of power and control. Now, we're going to hit, we only have two left. And these last two are incredibly um, important that we, that we uh, take in, that we um, learn how to uh, identify. So I don't want to spill the beans too quickly, but we'll go into the Hivite today. And church, this is a spirit of depression. This is a spirit of depression. This word, if you go to the Hebrew, means villager, group, cluster, living space, living place, encampment, or small town. This isn't necessarily the clinical depression. This is a spirit of depression. I'm going to try to un- un- unpack that today. Um, it's a small town mentality. It's a type of lifestyle. They like small, inactive, and comfortable places. Someone that's battling a Hivite feels insignificant, inferior, and unimportant. They are passive and are indifferent. They procrastinate, postpone, and put off. They choose a way of life that offers no opposition to the flow around them. They just put up with the status quo. This is a spirit of depression. Again, the children of Israel have been delivered, and yet what sits in their in their promised land. What God has promised them, here sits this enemy. And this name, Hivite, means depression. Well, I want to start battling this now by the word of God. God takes us from glory to glory. He does not leave us where we are. He takes us from one level of glory to another level of glory. Do you know around the throne of God, those creatures are, they, they get around God and all of a sudden they just have to cast their crowns off and just worship the Lord. And I believe that goes on over and over and over and over. I heard, uh, I think it was Joseph Garlington, an African-American bishop in Pittsburgh, just talked, kind of gave some imagery to that where it's like they're around the throne of God and all of a sudden they look up and get a glimpse of him and they're just like, oh God, you're so awesome. I just cast my stuff off and you're just so incredible. And then they come up and look again and it's like, oh God, you're so good. And it's just more and more and more of how good God is. When they would get a glimpse of how great God is, But Satan sends this Hivite to make God's people content with stagnation. 
If any of y'all were here Wednesday night and uh, Dr. Jeff Plant was, talk, was, pre, was uh, giving a message um, to the group, he talked about a stagnant river, a stagnant water source, not a river, because a, a river's got moving water, but where the water is stagnant, what happens? It stinks. It's nasty. You don't want to drink it. A spirit, a Hivite spirit likes to remain the same. Christians that are full of the life of God are progressive thinkers. John chapter 1 verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The life of God brings light or the illumination of God. And that illumination of God brings creativity and inventions and ideas. A nation or a town or a fellowship or an individual that loses the life of God will cease to progress and grow and will eventually become stagnant. Those that dwell with a Hivite are those who dwell in darkness and cannot comprehend the light of God when it comes. Christians that have been delivered from the Hivite spirit are progressive thinkers. Progressive thinkers, whereas those that are joined with this Hivite are passive and indifferent. Don't have ideas, and listen to this. Someone that's battling with a Hivite spirit likes to battle other people's ideas. Have you ever been around someone that no matter what idea you have, somebody's always shooting it down? Now, I want to back up because it's easy to now think of someone else. We're talking about ourselves. Let's not think about our boss. Let's don't think about our spouse. Let's don't think about our parents or whomever you want to all of a sudden label. Let's think about us. Hivites want to stay in their same small house. They hate change. Same insignificant job. Go home, watch television, get their head in their phones and go to bed. Same church grandma did, same hymns, hymns that they always did. They want to hear a sermon that doesn't affect their life. Hivites are the first one to resist a man of God who will bring light to God, God's word. Can never flow with the move of God because they hate to be moved. They just want to be left alone. Now, on the flip side, there's nothing wrong with a small town. We live in a small town. I wouldn't change it for nothing. I tried to move away and I couldn't. I came running back. I love our town. I love the size of our town. We have a great town. I love the size of our church. I love our church. I'm not talking about a small church that a small church is bad. What I'm talking about is getting stuck when God's trying to move you. You know, the children of Israel were waiting for the waters to be parted and were praying and they had the enemy coming in behind them. Here comes the enemy, Pharaoh and the the Egyptian army coming behind them and God throws up fire to keep the army behind them, opens up the waters. And what did the children of Israel do? They wanted to pray more. And God finally said, enough praying, start marching. I've opened the waters. 
I've moved. Now move. Then you can start praying again. Because you need my next step. But I've given you this step. Take it. The Hivite wants to stay back. Doesn't want to move. And resists anyone that's trying to move. Can you kind of see this? Your job is probably the job God's called you to do. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't be in the same job. I'm saying that you should be listening to the Lord and growing in the Lord. And when it's time to move, we move. It's so easy to get stuck. I was talking in Sunday school this morning. When we get stuck, sometimes we like to stay stuck. There is an enemy that starts making you think, nope, you need to stay right there. Don't even try to stick your head out. You'll get it chopped off. Just stay right where you are. And that's the enemy talking. That's depression talking. That's darkness talking, saying, don't you get in the light. Somebody will see you. If this is your enemy, so many times we wind up kind of being lazy and passive and without dreams. You have no hope for your future other than to maintain the life that you already have. Again, in Sunday school this morning, if you don't have hope, I want you to know I believe that we can, we can equate no hope to no faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. So when we're lacking hope... We're lacking faith. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. So if we have no hope, we're lacking faith evidence. Hope helps us move forward. Hope helps us when we're in an absolute challenging situation to move forward even though we can't see a way out. If you're lacking hope, this may be what you're battling. To dream bigger and better in God. I'm not talking about the Amorite prideful spirit. I'm talking about the God kind of bigger. We should be advancing in God every year. God has not called you to a life of maintenance, but to a life of victory. Romans chapter 8 verse 37. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Yet in all these things, well this morning, I don't have this, uh, Savannah's going to put it up for us. But I wanted to say all what things? I know the scripture, I'm more than conquerors. But I can't just say, hey, I'm more than conquerors. It's saying in, in all these things. Okay, if I'm a conqueror and the Lord says that I'm a conqueror, he's saying I'm a conqueror of something, but it doesn't list it in this verse. Is everybody with me? What am I conquerors of? Can you go back to, I think it's verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Next one. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Keep going. We're going to go all the way to uh, 39. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, here are the things. 
When I read that scripture from verse 37, here are those things that we are conquerors. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. Can those things separate us? For as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that was a lot to take in right there, but did you grasp it? Do you see the things that we have victory over? We have victory over our challenges. We have victory over the enemies of God. Nothing can separate us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And as long as God is with us, I can do all things. Can you follow this? This depressive spirit trying to hold you where you are, God never calls you to stay put the whole, your whole life. He calls you forward. He calls you forward. I can imagine that the children of Israel, do you remember when they got delivered into the desert, they immediately wanted to go back to slavery? You remember? I've talked about it over and over and over. You brought us out here because there wasn't enough graves in Egypt. We would have been better off back in Egypt in slavery. But then they, they get in the desert and they're there 40 years and their, their shoes aren't wearing out, their clothes aren't wearing out. Uh, McDonald's Happy Meals are showing up every morning. Except on Sunday, and they have to get double on Saturday. If they get too much, they get in trouble. Right? Don't you think someone with a Hivite spirit probably kind of fell in love with that routine? Cloud by day, fire by night, food in the morning, clothes don't wear out. I'm good. I'll just do this the rest of my life. You know what? They didn't get to go in. None of them. They all got stuck there. I don't want to eat manna my whole life. I want what God's got forward for me. He has a plan and he has a good plan for me. Do you know that he has a good plan for you? One to prosper you. I don't want to die in the wilderness. Wherever you are in your walk with God, there is a better land ahead. If you can defeat the enemy of complacency called the Hivite, the spirit of depression. The spirit of feeling insignificant and small. Satan would love to keep the body of Christ beat down and broke so that it can't feed the kids at Avery Trace and offer them hope when they have no hope. Do you know when they get a box of food, do you know what they get? They get hope. They not only get a nourishment for a few weeks, they get hope that someone's praying for them, that, we're, that they're on our mind i.e., they're on God's mind. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Let's see if I can find this right there. There we go. Let's see. Uh, Savannah, can you get me back in there at slide 13? 
And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. He gives us the power to get wealth. Our father doesn't want us to be consumed with money like the Canaanite or compromise, but he wants to establish his covenant through us by giving us the will and the ability to prosper. If this revelation of this enemy relates to you, you are commanded by the Lord to drive this Hivite out. We must occupy our land of promise until the Lord returns. Resist a stagnant lifestyle. Train your soul to embrace flexibility and change. You have nothing to fear. God will never take you to a lower level in him. He takes you from glory to glory and from faith to faith. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. I don't count myself to have, been, to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to see something there that I did not see until this morning. It is an upward call. God's calling on you is an upward call. It is not to stay where you are. It's not a downward call. It's an upward call. He calls me up. When I allow him to move in my life, you know what he does? I humble myself and he exalts me. When we humble ourselves and come under the authority of God and walk with him, he exalts me. He promotes me. Not my boss. God. God can promote me when there's no hope of promotion. That's the biblical definition of hope, which is faith. God can do it when there is no way anyone else can. God can. When I turn to him, John chapter 3, verse 1. I'm sorry, 3 John verse, chapter 1, verse 2. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It is God's good pleasure to bless you and to grow you. It is God's good pleasure to deliver you from peril, to deliver you from these enemies, this Hivite enemy, the spirit of depression, the spirit of fear, the spirit of power and control. It is his good pleasure to set you free. You have to command it away. Out of your mouth, in, you do it like this, in Jesus' name, I command you, spirit of depression, to leave. I command you by the word of God, as the pastor read this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 7, spirit of fear, spirit of depression, spirit of compromise, I command you to go. Now, when I empty that out, I need to fill it back up with his word and with his spirit. You can't leave it empty. Word of God says when we get a demon out, if we don't get ourselves prepared and filled back up, it's going to want to come back. Anybody here ever had to battle something that you'd already had victory over again? We got to fill up. 
I got to get filled up with the spirit. I got to get filled up with his word. I got to be in the body serving. God blesses me when I'm serving him. I got to be giving. Why is giving so important when it comes to these enemies? Because if God can get a hold of your money, he can get a hold of you. If you'll surrender your money to God, God, his word tells it. There's so many scriptures about our money and what a stronghold our money has on us. And church, we've already taken up the offering. I'm not going to take up another one. When we really surrender to God, all things are possible. Your breakthrough, your breakthrough is right in front of you. His spirit, his word, his body. Let's get moving forward. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you.